0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Peasant Party Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Warren. I've got a fantastic guest in studio with me. This guy is so cool. Okay, introduce yourself.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Valentine at uh, the Primetime Valentine, and I'm here to tell my story.
0: I'm so excited for it. Obviously, my TikTok niche is making silly, deranged dating charts, um, and I had Mm. one where it was like... Actively going on dates is dating. Like, that's not a talking stage. And I think you did a stitch where it was, um, you're like, you're going on dates, you're dating. And of course, I think like, (laughs) you know, English, not your first language. You're like, why wouldn't you call that dating? And I thought it was really funny. Um, I've kind of also seen like your TikTok journey kind of going from, you know, maybe following like, you know, kind of one certain viewpoint and then kind of saying, hey, this is a really like negative way to look at dating. Here's, you know, glow up. And then it's just become like doing cool stuff. Like you literally look like you live like the most fun life. Like every now, like every time I see you on Instagram, you're like, this kid is so cool. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely know how to make it seem like it's fun when in reality, I said it, I live a very sad lifestyle. You know, living at home, all alone with my dog.
0: What's your dog's name? Uh, Nikos. Nice name.
1: Yeah. So he's a, shi- a cute
0: dog. I love Shiba Inu's.
1: Shiba Inu, yeah. 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 He's very very stubborn, but he's a very good-looking young man and gets a lot of compliments for that. But definitely for Shiba Inu's, is definitely a good dog for introverts. Mm-hmm. But you have to be very strict because if he... Does not if you're too nice and he sees that he will take advantage. Like he takes advantage of my mom a lot because mm-hmm. she's a very nice lady. A l- mm-hmm. Sometimes a little too nice, so he takes advantage of that by, you know, pulling her or he. She tells him to do something. He's like just looks at her like hell no. Mm-hmm. So with him you got to be very strict. If he starts pulling me like no pulling, just pull back you're like no pulling. Come mm-hmm. here, come here.
0: So I had to teach those lessons to my dog and she still hasn't learned. <laughs> Everyone says like my dog takes after me, just like yeah. stubborn, kind of aloof. <laughs> classic. <laughs> tell me about where you're from, how, like, just tell let's, let's start from the beginning. What is your story?
1: Yeah. So my story is my, both my parents are from Russia
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was, I technically was born here, but mm-hmm. I have lived in Russia many years, mm-hmm. have attended school there. And before the whole war started, I have tried to visit at least once a year mm-hmm. to just, you know, see family, see, see the friends and, you know, explore Moscow. Cause Moscow is definitely a very beautiful city. These big cities like Moscow and St. Petersburg don't mm-hmm. represent of all of Russia. I feel like Moscow and St. Petersburg are more Europeanized. Mm-hmm. They're very European and a lot of people make the mistake of saying, oh, this is what Russia is about. If, that's actually one of the things that where I see a lot of creators say like, oh, I'm moving east in the east. Look, it's so much better. Mm-hmm. They're they're more traditional, less woke, and look how I'm living. And in reality is, this, that's only the reality of mm-hmm. like big cities like Moscow and St. Petersburg. If you go outside of them, life isn't as spectacular, and mm-hmm. mostly people living, you know, in in villages and living very poor life. So perception is not the same. Like a lot of people make it seem, mm-hmm. Moscow isn't as traditional as you might think. Mm-hmm. Just like in any American city, the whole concept of you know hookup culture and keeping things like casual that's that's something that also exists in moscow mm-hmm. and i went on dates with women talking about how where i would bring this up be like oh you know russia you know it's traditional and she, and they were like oh no no i went on dates with many men that talked about the casual fling be like oh you don't want to keep it casual and stuff like that it's not to say there aren't traditional mm-hmm. women living in moscow but the same could be said for America where in the cities, you know, the dating scene how it is. But if you go to like the Midwest or to like more rural areas, the women there, of course, are going to be more traditional. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't really agree as much with the whole concept of going abroad to find a traditional wife. Because mm-hmm. I think you can find what you're looking for within your own country. You just mm-hmm. have to know where to look for it.
0: Exactly, and I, I think like what's kind of interesting too is like I think a lot of people are the same everywhere, and like I think we all like think, think the grass is greener. Mm. But it was funny, like I think people like there's that saying of like the more things change, the more they stay the same. I wonder if like when the Declaration of Independence and stuff like that was being signed, like some guys telling this colonial woman like, oh, the British are coming. I can't tonight. Like I feel like it's always been <laughs> that way, and I think. It's funny because when you're on TikTok, Gen Z is the same everywhere. So I, I think if you just give people more options and abundance in any case, it changes people um, regardless of, you know, where you are or, you know, the time period you're in.
1: Yeah, it's basically the thing about that the password rules <laughs> that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. before. Where they're talking about, oh, let's moving outside of America. Mm-hmm. That's how you find a, a, a wife. America is a, the West. The West mm-hmm. is doomed. The West, it, there's no point in getting married and stuff like that to these women. But then again, like I said, it's, it's knowing where to look for it because you can mm-hmm. definitely go to, to some other country outside of America to like a more urban area and mm-hmm. you can still find the same things you find in America. But to be fair, there is definitely more prevalence of like feminism in the West in mm-hmm. like America and stuff than it is in other countries. But, you know, that's not to say that you can't find what you're looking for
2: mm-hmm. w-
1: within the West. It's not as I guess you can make the arguments not as prevalent because other countries mm-hmm. are more conservative, more,
2: mm-hmm.
1: more, more traditional than the West. But that's not to say that the West is doomed and you can't find what you look for. You can f- find what yeah. you're looking for anywhere, really. Yeah, yeah,
0: I would totally agree with that. Like, I think there's definitely this kind of and I don't know where like the, the romanticized view of, um, you know, you know, lonely guys maybe aren't having the best time dating in the US, you know, thinking I can just go abroad. And, you know, there's just gonna be a woman there waiting for me. And it's like, uh, you know, like, I don't, uh, that's, that's not really how it goes. I, I like my personal take on the whole passport bro thing that comes up. And I feel like I kind of stick out of it because I am a white woman living in the US. I, my personal take on it is it almost feels like the people that are, you know, the, the men that are, that want to be passport bros so badly where they're like, you know, all the women here, like, they're not traditional, all of that. You know, who think they can just fly to another country and there's going to be a woman waiting for them to clean their house that, like, has no skill, life skills. <laughs> line of
1: women just waiting. Yeah, like, it's like there's a
0: version of guy that, like, thinks that. And then, like, at the same time, like, the group of people that are, no, don't be passport bros. You're trying to take advantage of the women that live in these countries who don't know any better. It's like, they're almost like two sides of this this It's like the horseshoe theory in politics where Mm -hmm. the people on both extremes are basically like have the same agree with the same thing where they're both calling, you know, women in these countries stupid or they're saying they're not educated. When in reality, like traditional is not a synonym for uneducated, you know, women in the Philippines, for example, is a passport pro country. They're highly educated. Um, You know, they all speak English like in all Mm -hmm. these countries, too. Like they, they speak English. They're very smart. And it's like traditional more means to me when i hear that you know you grow up learning grandma's family recipe because grandma lives down the street in a way that you know she might not in america where people move far away from their families and you don't have that sort of like from the beginning if that makes sense um because i've never like i've also i've never met a dumb russian i've never met a russian who didn't terrify me like Whenever I've, like, worked in a company, it's, like, there's, like, three analysts. Like, I t- all the tech companies have worked at, like, three or four where they, like, have, like, Russian last names. And they are, like, the most, like, intimidating, strong people ever. They are the greatest cooks ever because they grew up learning grandma's recipes. But, like, hmm. they're very smart. And, you know, if someone – it's I feel like if you're saying, like, oh, like, all the – Women in Russia are just you know demure and stuff. It's like, no, there's some very strong women. like i would I would be very intimidated before trying to like date Russian women if I were a dude,
1: <laughs> yeah. well, I'm definitely not against passport bros. Mm-hmm. I support it, but there are caveats, especially. yeah. Like, I, I don't support the, like you said, the the American women saying, oh, they're going abroad because they're less educated and like sex tourism whatever. Mm-hmm. It is true sometimes that does happen, but that doesn't mean that if a guy decides to do that, that mm-hmm. he automatically is doing that to take advantage of them. And like you mm-hmm. said, abroad, there are many educated women. I mean, mm-hmm. we had the bro-mad guy. Yeah, digital makes,
0: bro-mad. Dig- I like him. Bro-mad.
1: Yeah, he has definitely made a lot of videos where he is in different countries with different women. And he also got accused of that. and. It had got so bad that the women had to go out and actually speak out, be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm on that's actually kind of hurtful. They're calling me and other women, Mm -hmm. you know, uneducated. When in reality, me, for example, I am very educated, I have a master's and have a job and Mm -hmm. this and that. So, definitely don't support that. But also, the other side of the spectrum where men think, Oh, the grass is green on their other side, that if they go abroad, then Mm -hmm. everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. But in reality, like, I think Angela. Yeah, made a good point about this when she went on a podcast where she talked about the reality like if you want to be a passport bro but you know you're out of shape you don't mm-hmm. have any money
2: mm-hmm.
1: you you know you don't have you don't work on your style your looks you know mm-hmm. something bare minimum like having a clean cut haircut dressing like more or less stylish and there's there's a misconception for some guys that if you go abroad, mm-hmm. that women will just accept you as you are, and just because you're a white American, and suddenly they're gonna be lining up. Like,
2: mm-hmm. no,
1: I mean that will be true, but for like like the gold diggers, mm-hmm. they 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 hear that you're a white American. Oh, passport, passport, and that's gonna be true, and they're gonna come for you only for your passport. So you marry them, they get the American passport, mm-hmm. bring you back. So that's the argument that some Jews who are against them, like especially the women mm-hmm. here, they say, oh, they're just with you for your passport. Well, that could be true for some, but mm-hmm. if you actually work on yourself, like, like we discussed, the dollar goes a long way abroad. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to earn a lot of money. You just mm-hmm. have to earn some money. To for you to be able to go to a different country and, you know, take advantage of the power of the dollar over abroad. But also, if you want to attract the high quality women that you want abroad, you also have to be a high quality man yourself. Because mm-hmm. no woman abroad wants an average American guy who has nothing going for him. Mm-hmm. You know, something simple as just having like personality. You don't have to be a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be tall. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a genuine, nice guy who a woman would find enjoyable, you know, being with mm-hmm. you. And knowing the language is also something mm-hmm. that that could be advantageous. I mean, if you have a plan in your idea to move somewhere specifically, mm-hmm. like, like if you want to move to like South America, say, or Central America, mm-hmm. then if you actually try to at least learn some Spanish, mm-hmm. that'll also be very advantageous for you. Because mm-hmm. if you just go abroad and just speak English...
0: Yeah, well, you're an American.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... If you're going abroad and you just speak English, then some women don't speak English. I mean, we do talk about that. There's a lot of women who do speak English abroad, but that's not true for all of them. So if mm-hmm. you at least try to make the effort, it could mm-hmm. go a long way. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think, yeah, like to, to do that, like you'd have to have immense respect for the cultures you're going to, mm. um, you know, make an effort to like learn the language. Like that's why I do like kind of the digital Bro, like what the digital bromad does is first is like it's not like he went out there like I'm just I'm here to find women. He like had a remote job, but like you can also just tell, like, this is a guy who Clear, like if he were in the US, he would have no problem dating. He'd have a lot of friends. Like, he just seems like a person who's just fun to be around, like, just seems very likable. And I think he hosts like a Beers and Peers, like, learn Spanish happy hour or something when he was like living in Colombia. It's like, it's more around like, hey, I'm here to see the culture. And, you know, what do you know? Like, the women here are really nice too. And so he's kind of like integrated that in. Like, he didn't go out there saying, like, you know, where's, where's my future wife or anything like that. It was, you know, I'm going to get this cultural experience for me. Cause I, I think that's another part of the past passport bro, because there's like one side of it where it's like you know young guys like going out and seeing the world like educated guys you know who have gotten got work to a point where they've got this remote job you know why not see the world and see what happens like I would advocate that for anyone like get out of your comfort zone like live somewhere else I think that's really cool like I have a younger brother who's um, a senior in college and if he were to do something like that like I would think that was really cool like yeah go live in another country for a year and you know learn the language like learn another culture I think that's like a really cool thing to do.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different things you can do. But, you know, learning about the culture is definitely important, being respectful mm-hmm. about the people in the culture where you decide you want to live. Or mm-hmm. you're living like a like if if you're doing a remote job and you're living abroad. Mm-hmm. It's definitely important to not perpetuate the stereotype of an American mm-hmm. and, you know, being, you know, loud, disrespectful, mm-hmm. not respecting the culture, not even trying to learn the language. Mm-hmm. Like f- for me personally, I've always had an interest in you know the the mexican culture and mm-hmm. and the language and of course the women I mean mm-hmm. and I uh, for many years in school and I still try to keep up and that's why I have a trip planned for medellin because I've heard a lot nice. about it and I've been trying to ramp up my my spanish mm-hmm. oh, porque yo puedo hablar español oh, shit, es, you're
0: good at this. it's es
1: muy importante mm-hmm. uh, saber español para Visitar Colombia. So, see, sí. <laughs> my
0: Spanish is terrible.
1: So, yeah, I, I've been learning Spanish for many years in school and oh. university, but after university, for I kind of stopped because the thing about language, just like any other skill, if you don't use it all the time, you're going to start losing it year over mm-hmm. year. So, now I'm trying to ramp it back up, trying to um, remember the things. So, I actually started mm-hmm. using Duolingo. Nice. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's. Some people say it's bad. Some people mm-hmm. say it's, it's good. But for me, I enjoy it because mm-hmm. it, it feels like a game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: almost where it's it, it knows how to keep you in the loop and be on the app, such as you know the streaks mm-hmm. and you know they they have the, the little rankings where the more points you have, the higher you are on the leaderboard and in the top seven move on to the next league so Mm -hmm. i think even though you might make the argument that new link was not the best app for Mm -hmm. language learning it is definitely a good app for at least starting to Mm -hmm. learn a language and to be consistent with it because consistency is key it Mm -hmm. might not be the best app it might not be the best method of Mm -hmm. learning Mm -hmm. but as long as there's consistency involved it'll go a long way and will be much better than any other app mm-hmm. where it's scientifically like better, but not gonna be consistent with it because it's boring, mm-hmm. like like Babel. Like I was thinking about Babel, mm-hmm. but I looked at the format of it and I was like, oof, this yeah. is very boring. Because you use the little pictures, you click, and it's like, yeah, cool, yeah, it might be better, but. You know, you fall asleep halfway through and you're like, ugh. What?
0: Yeah, I had to do Rosetta Stone when I did Spanish in <laughs> high school. And, like, I'm pretty sure that made me never want to learn a language. I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah, no, like, I, I know Duolingo is, like, fun for, like, little games to, like, kind of keep you on your toes, kind of like doing a crossword puzzle or something. You travel a lot. Like, you've met women of all, all backgrounds. It seems like you're enjoying your life. If you had, like, three tips for guys your own age about, you know, traveling and, you know, maybe meeting a lovely woman in the process, like what advice would you have? And then maybe like some advice if, you know, someone's saying, I want to go to, Ru-, like, I want to go date a Russian woman. What advice would you have for them?
1: <laughs> well, my first advice would be don't, <laughs> but, but my top, top three, would, my first one would definitely be and something that I started learning and started leaning into it is don't be afraid to go somewhere alone. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you learn the most and mm-hmm. you, really get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. if you do something alone. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you keep waiting mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, does somebody want to go with me? Do you want to go? No, you're busy. Do you want to go? Oh, you don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And then you're just left there like sitting in, in place complacent and you're waiting for somebody. To go with you somewhere and mm-hmm. what you end up doing is just wasting time. And mm-hmm. for me, I mean, I understand for some people it might be something very, you know, something very out there. It might be uncomfortable. You might be thinking, oh, people are going to judge you. But even if you don't end up enjoying it and you're like, okay, this is not for me. The fact that you take that first step,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it builds character. It, it's really... Mm -hmm. shows that you are able to go outside your comfort zone and try new things Mm -hmm. and that's what i've been doing recently is just Mm -hmm. i i got tired of waiting Mm -hmm. i got tired of going with somebody to travel when Mm -hmm. because also the problem with traveling with somebody and you're like anybody anybody please come Mm -hmm. come with me is that sometimes the sometimes you're not like compatible with the person you're traveling i think that's very also important that with the person you're traveling have to be compatible Mm -hmm. because if you are more laid back and you like to you know enjoy the scenery and Mm -hmm. walk through and take your time but the other person's like all right we got an agenda we got to go here here Mm -hmm. here and there why are you laying down come on we can't waste time because i got a time then you're gonna find it annoying and you're gonna find it much more enjoyable if you go alone at Mm -hmm. your own pace that's what I find because this is my second trip that Mm -hmm. I did alone. My very first one was to New York and it was, you know, rattling like, oh, my God, it's Mm -hmm. my first time. But I did it and I was like, oh, it's actually not that bad. bad, So this is my second time traveling somewhere alone. And, you know, some Mm -hmm. people, it it might get lonely Mm -hmm. at times, but for me, not really. I I actually enjoy, I guess you could say that's like a very, because you're an introvert, yada, yada. But Mm -hmm. for me, I think it's very... Very interesting. And it's also a way you learn
2: mm-hmm.
1: how to be alone. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important and mm-hmm. being, being confident, being alone and doing things. And that's, that's the advice. And so when you go out, you actually try. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you want to go out and, you know, learn how to pick up women or mm-hmm. you want to improve your confidence when you're mm-hmm. uh, talking to women, if you go out alone, mm-hmm. it forces you to interact because if you Mm. if you're out with your group of buddies I Mm. I found that myself where I'm like all right I'm committed I'm gonna go out I'm gonna practice and then I go out and you get a little nervous and you just Mm. resort to being with your little group is like oh yeah yeah and then you the whole point of the of the night was just wasted Mm. but if you go out alone Mm. and you don't want to be awkward just standing there alone you're like Uh oh well I guess I gotta go talk and then you go and you talk and Again, it it builds him experience, it builds character, and you Mm -hmm. learn how to do it. And that's one thing I find is very important. If you want to learn to do something or to practice, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Like, it might seem weird, like, oh, going out alone. But I, I promise you, people, almost no person cares about you. You're not important enough for people to be like oh look at that guy
0: no no one cares (laughs) at all um what is okay so you're so you're out about like you know great way to meet women what's your favorite thing like if you see a woman you find attractive like what's your kind of go-to approach
1: i definitely like i think the first step is to is to be aware of situational mm-hmm. awareness mm-hmm. and to know what setting you're in what who's the woman who the woman is with and what she's mm-hmm. doing and stuff like that and i prefer to it's it's not always the case especially if you go out to uh, to mm-hmm. like a bar or, mm-hmm. or a club scene because most women are not comfortable with going out alone mm-hmm. being in the group but if you do I, my preference is if i see a woman sitting alone
2: mm-hmm.
1: like say not not even like at a bar or a club like say she's sitting alone outside and she's you know studying or she's mm-hmm. reading a book and whatever mm-hmm. that's a perfect opportunity to just walk up and be like oh hey well, what what book are you reading mm-hmm. oh that's cool do you mm-hmm. mind if i sit here what's your name oh boom boom and you mm-hmm. start talking and and once you get in the conversation she feels more comfortable with you and that's when mm-hmm. you're like oh but by the way i would love to keep in contact with you
2: mm.
1: what what is your number or what is your instagram whatever mm. and even if she says oh sorry i have a boyfriend well it's pra- it's, it's not
0: personal too yeah. if it happens like that early cuz like my sisters talk to like on here um cuz she's like an artist and stuff so sometimes she would enjoy Going like just for a change of scenery like doing art sometimes it would be like out at a patio at a bar like she would kind of go off somewhere but sometimes like guys would approach her and she was like you know she's mid-drawing and she's like hey like you know i'm sorry and she's like it's never personal when i when i do that and she's like it's always like you know i don't i don't know anything about this guy there's nothing for like i'm not there's nothing for me to reject him for it's just like oh you know i came out here to to do art with headphones in and you know i i know people might you know approach me that way but like i think she kind of put out the word of like the woman approaches you without even knowing anything about you, it's not personal or personal. Like if she says like, Oh, Hey, like I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing.
1: Yeah. And a lot of guys, the mistake that they make is sometimes they get a little too ahead of it. And they just Mm -hmm. approach a woman and say, Oh, I thought you were beautiful. Can you get your number? And it's like, that's not a very good approach because, Imagine you're just standing there all mm-hmm. alone and some guy just approaches, you and be like, oh, hey, I think you're cute. Do you want? Can you give me your number? And you're mm-hmm. going to be taken aback. It's like, all okay, right, who the fuck are you? Yeah. What do you want? But if you take the time to build that relationship, then she's mm-hmm. going to feel more comfortable and be like, oh, okay, so he is this guy. His name is this. And
2: mm-hmm. this
1: is my first impression of him. So it's, you're going to have much better success if you build that rapport. Mm-hmm. The woman, especially if it's like somebody... You, don't know just mm-hmm. random on the street or like mm-hmm. stuff like that it's definitely important to build that rapport because mm-hmm. i mean imagine you're a random i mean i guess it's different for a guy if a woman just approaches, you be like hey i think you're king gonna give me a number and i'll be like, oh oh sure yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, again it's different for guys yeah. and girls but for women, it makes sense because women get approached a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, a man almost never gets approached. So when he does get approached, he's like, oh, my
0: God. That's why they look so scared. Like, it's like, what's going on? Like, am I being punked? Like, yeah, yeah, my or, friends put you up to this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Where's the camera? Wait, yeah. I, is there is a prank? But yeah. a woman get approached a lot, especially if you're like attractive woman. Mm-hmm. You're used to getting approached a lot. So a woman's job when, uh, when somebody approaches is to narrow down the field because so many guys approach so she has the choice of which one she like which one she doesn't and she's gotta narrow down but for a guy you know mm-hmm. his his whole point is to approach as many women so he can have more success in mm-hmm. you know getting a number and whatever mm-hmm. but it also depends on on yeah. your on your goals so if your goal is to just approach somebody that you actually like and want to get a know to mm-hmm. you can be more picky like for me, I don't really do that. I don't just mm-hmm. go off in different directions like those like pickup artists on like YouTube and TikTok. Yeah. We're just they're just standing on the street and just talking to random women trying to get as many numbers mm-hmm. like that. That's cool. Like law of averages. But if you're just an ordinary guy just walking through life mm-hmm. and then you're just walking and you see that one girl, you're like, oh, OK, cool. Let me approach her. And you approach her. And it doesn't mm-hmm. work out. All right, cool. Whatever. You go yeah. through life and you see another one, you approach. So I can't. I can't really say I would support the whole idea of just standing on a public street That's, yeah. and just seeking like you're hunting for a woman. Like I'm gonna approach her. Okay, next I'm gonna approach her. Like sure, you can make the argument that it practice makes perfect and it builds builds mm-hmm. confidence. But I, I guess you can also make the argument that it's kind of predatory too. Yeah, <laughs> it's also like
0: people are walking somewhere with a purpose. Like I yeah. I know people some people like don't drink and stuff, but my, my I always tell people to like, go to like if you're in a bar just like what what are you drinking if it's like a cool place like if you're at the garage bar which you got, which you got to go to one of my favorite bars um like what are you drinking because it's like a cool drink it's like yeah. what is that like all the there's all these things on the menu what is what item and like if she like says you know vodka soda and then turns back to her friends like vodka soda period <laughs> yeah. you know probably probably doesn't want to talk to you if she like wants to talk to you it's oh you know it's this like it has this and this in it. What are you, what are you thinking of drinking? And then all of a sudden conversation starts. Like yeah. a lot of like, what's this? Like, I always tell people to like, wear like a shirt, like wear something that has some, a conversation starter on it. Like if it's like, you know, Sunday football, like wear something of your team. Like even if someone's just coming to you to talk shit and be like, you know, fuck the Niners or something like that. It's like, that's still playful. It's a like conversation that got started. Um, or like if they're wearing something like a band t-shirt, it's like, Oh, you like the so-and-so's like, I always think those are just easy ways to start conversation like people at bars like are there because they're at ease like they're not in a rush to get anywhere like I always think that's a good move.
1: Funny enough you mentioned that actually when I went to the garage I actually was I went to they got seated at the bar Mm -hmm. and there was a woman sitting right next to me she was all alone I looked like oh okay so she's sitting Mm -hmm. alone having a drink that's unusual in these days but it does happen Mm -hmm. so. You know, if you go out to a bar, there could be an opportunity where a woman is just alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I was sitting there and I w- wasn't in the mind space to like talk to anybody, pick mm-hmm. up whatever. I kind of moved on from all that. I got, I'm kind of tired of whole dating things. So yeah. I'm just kind of chilling, yeah, chilling. Chillin', you know, focusing on myself, traveling, stuff like that. But in that moment, I was, you know, I was alone. I was looking at the menu and the menu is like pretty weird it has all these fancy names mm-hmm. uh, i don't know any of these drinks yeah. And then, i mean you can read the ingredients but it's like so overwhelming because mm-hmm. it's so many ingredients and so many drinks so yeah like, it
0: forces you to like look around and be like what drink is that What drink yeah, yeah. is that like you make a key of what everyone's drinking yeah
1: like, so I, I literally looked to my left and there was the girl and she was having a drink so i literally was like excuse me what kind of drink is that she's mm-hmm. like oh this is this and then she literally went over and pointed on the menu was like oh it's this one right here i was like oh cool mm-hmm. and, I, and i see it says scotch oh so you're a scotch drinker huh she's like yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i was like oh okay and then at, at that point you know the thing about approaching having a conversation is mm-hmm. you also have to be it goes back to situational awareness is gauging whether the woman is interested or mm-hmm. not and one of those things things is also if she continues the conversation. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, I, I talked to her a little and I oh, like this, you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you're just a scotch drinker and this mm-hmm. and that. And then I paused mm-hmm. and then she started uh, mm-hmm. asking me a question, started a conversation with me saying, oh, what kind, what kind, of, mm-hmm. what kind of liquor do you like? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, whiskey too. So I think I like this. And I was like, you know what? You've convinced me. I'm, I'm going to order this. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the conversation went on and we talked, and we talked you know, got, she talked about herself, talked about myself, mm-hmm. or our background, and, you know, we it's been a good night, and she she was like a very busy woman. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. I have this and that, I have a project due on, on mm-hmm. Thursday, and probably gonna work through the weekend, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. Well, you know what? Let, let me get Instagram if, you know, mm-hmm. if you have any free nice. time, we can, you know, we nice. can interact. So, the thing about talking to women and trying to like pick up women per se mm-hmm. is it doesn't have to go anywhere immediately especially at a bar club mm-hmm. some men have this perception that oh you have to pick her up there if she doesn't go home with you then you know move on to the next one mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't mean that it's not going to eventually happen i mean sometimes a woman could be very down at Mm -hmm. that moment be like oh you want to go back to my place but Mm -hmm. sometimes you know many women are very precarious about who this person is like oh i want you so if you just get if you know build that that rapport with her and get Mm -hmm. her number and then later you continue talking and you go on another dates, and then eventually you know she gets becomes more comfortable with you Mm -hmm. and then she decides, do I like him? Do I mm. not? Is he one-eye stand material? Is he boyfriend material? Stuff like that. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. And like, yeah, like I would almost worry like if a, if a woman was too eager, it'd be like, what, what's what's kind of the, like, I'd be a little suspicious. I'd be like, are you going to steal my organs or something oh, like that?
1: Especially in Colombia. Like guys, if any of you decide to go to Colombia, especially Medellin, there, there's no hookup culture there per se. So if a woman's very eager to take you home just be aware it could be a situation of like...
0: Stealing your wallet. Stealing your
1: wallet. Because there's a lot of American men,
0: mm-hmm. t-
1: stories about that where they go to like these uh, mm-hmm. these, these countries and they go out to the clubs and they pick up women and say, oh, damn, she, she's down. She's done. She's, you know, take mm-hmm. me take back to my place. And then what happens is she goes back to your place. She asks for a drink, and then while you're not looking, she puts something in your drink, and oh, then is you scopolamine get knocked out. Stuff? And then when you wake up, your whole apartment is cleaned out. Oh, so she- what she does is she drugs you,
2: uh-huh. and then
1: she texts her her guy mm-hmm. group is like, "Oh, okay, come in," and then they barge in, and then you steal all your stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's, like, isn't it the subalamin where it's, like, it's the stuff where it's, like, they can, like, literally, like, be, like, open the safe and then you just, like, do it?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, That's, this this so whole situation of where you can be knocked out, but you can also be a situation where you're, your consciousness is knocked out. Where you're, yeah. you're doing things, but you're not aware and you wake up, you're, like... What, what just happened? Yeah. That's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is the whole or- organ stealing yeah. thing where they put you in the bath and they t- take your organs. That's, that's the worst case scenario. Best, best case is you get role. robbed. So be careful, be very diligent. So if a woman's very, very too, like she's too eager, she's
0: too eager, it's too good to be true. That's what they <laughs> like say. Like, like your your mom always true, says yeah. growing up, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah something you did really cool and we totally didn't talk about this uh, like beforehand but um you took cl- like classes on how to become like a very good like bartender cocktail person didn't
1: Oh uh, yeah so the, the story with that is I never really had this idea of oh I want to become bartender or whatever but one time my 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 friend, he was like, oh, let's go to this cafe. Let's, mm-hmm. let's work at this cafe because he also works remote. I work remote. So he was like, mm-hmm. oh, let's go take the cafe. I was like, oh, sure, why not? It's a cafe I've never been to and it's like walking distance so let's go there. So I walk there and we sit down at a table and literally right across the road from it, I stare at me a building that says professional bartending school. And I was like, hmm, you know what? I never thought about that. And I started researching and seeing what it offer and you know, it was very expensive, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you know a thing or two about bartending, then you know mm-hmm. that it can be very lucrative, especially if you mm-hmm. do it on, like, the the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, you know, this is expensive, but, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll probably get my money back. So, you know what, why not? Mm-hmm. Even if I don't decide to be a bartender, it's still a very cool
0: oh, for skill sure. to have.
1: So I just did the... The five week once uh, mm-hmm. at once every Saturday mm-hmm. it was like a like a nine to five kind of class with a mm-hmm. break for lunch, mm-hmm. and then I I graduated and I started walking around the different bars in my area, mm-hmm. and then I walked into one bar. I was like, oh, you know, looking for a bartender. Here's my resume, and I created a whole resume. Nice. And the thing about bartending resumes they're very different from like oh, work, yeah. work resumes because. With workers, they have to be very professional, very polished. Just text, no pictures. Mm -hmm. Just make sure there's no pictures if you're working for, like, an office. Mm -hmm. Because pictures are more so for creative Mm -hmm. jobs. Like, say you want to be a web designer. Sure. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a bartender, it's very cool to have a picture and Mm -hmm. have... All, the, all this creative wacky mm-hmm. design and have it listen, and i you know give my resume and be like you know i don't have any job experience but i graduated from the bartending school and mm-hmm. you know it's also important to know how to advertise yourself mm-hmm. and
0: you got to sell yourself as almost like a character or an actor yeah. because it's like part of it's the experience it's not just can you make a drink it's can you make people feel at home
1: yeah but and it's also advertising yourself to have like the skills you can just mm-hmm. say oh i attended bartending school all right but, but I said, I turned a bartender school and these are the skills that I've developed. Mm-hmm. I know how to make 120 drinks. And mm-hmm. I also know, have a beer knowledge, liquor mm-hmm. knowledge. And I have made, done these modules. There's some kind of thing called Diageo modules for mm-hmm. bartenders. So yeah. I have the Diageo modules and this and that. And if you the compare, oh, I did a bartender school and I, I did a bartender school and I have all these skills, mm-hmm. then that makes you stand out. And she took a chance and she hired me and then I became a bartender and literally in... In one week, I made back the, the $600 I paid for parts in the school, nice. so it, it was I, very advantageous.
0: Totally, and I feel like that's a great way to meet people. It's also just like a great party trick to have. Like it's like you go so – a friend has a party and you're the one that knows how to like cut the orange peels the right way and mm-hmm. make like the bitters and stuff. Like I feel like women love that too. It's like a guy's like, oh, here, let me make you a drink, and then they're like, oh, what kind of drink is this? Oh, yeah, like I know how to make a billion and one different drinks. Like it's a good <laughs> skill to have. Like I feel like it's just – good party trick it makes you just a more well-rounded fun person as a whole
1: yeah as soon as i graduated my every time i would visit my mom she's like all right Bartana, make me a drink mm-hmm. <laughs> so she, she she took advantage of that v- very quickly and she, she mm-hmm. loves margaritas so nice. i made her so many margaritas that i'm just a pro and she's like oh margarita
0: love it love it <laughs> wait is all the, are all the rumors true about like russians liking vodka and having it in the morning with their breakfast like putting their cereal in vodka
1: yeah, the thing about stereotypes is they're very, <laughs> you know, they're very broad and mm-hmm. they focus on the the, the loud minority, the, right. the people that pop up. But, you know, even though vodka is pretty popular in Russia, it's not to say that every single Russian is a drunk that drinks vodka totally. every single day. There's definitely that culture, like I discussed, like outside of Moscow and mm-hmm. St. Petersburg, there is like a, a lot of little villages where mm-hmm. people live, you know, in poverty. They have... Nothing going for them. And what, what else is there to do, especially if you live in Siberia? Mm. What else is there to do besides drinking? Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole concept of Russian Roulette, where you're, mm. you're thinking like, oh, damn, oh, why yeah, would like, anybody do that? They
0: like, got nothing else to do.
1: Yeah. Imagine you're living in the middle of nowhere in Siberia, and it's, it's cold. You're cold. There's nothing to do. You. There's, you know, just, you know, valleys and snow and you're freezing. And what else is there to do? You drink. And if you get desperate enough, you're like, oh. hey, you, you want to play a game?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah you know and, and that's the most fun you have even if the other person shoots himself is stuff, it's like oh nice uh, cool nice cool,
0: cool. cool. yeah like,
1: because that's at least some entertainment imagine imagine you're sitting in your room all day with nothing to do you don't mm-hmm. have your phone you have your computer that's actually how um what's the actor's name the one who played joker in
0: the
1: Heath ledger Heath ledger yeah actually how he ledger prepare for his role in joker where he would lock himself in a room mm-hmm. for weeks on end and he would become so so like crazy because mm-hmm. Im- imagine you're l- sit locked in a room for weeks mm-hmm. with nothing to do some after a while people break mm-hmm. like mentally and they start hearing voices and stuff and that's how he was able to portray
0: mm-hmm.
1: the character so well is because he drove himself crazy yeah <laughs> so,
0: no totally ima-
1: yeah imagine, imagine that but you are living in siberia and that same concept where you're living in the middle of nowhere all you have is your buddy Mm. who's also on on shift guard and Mm -hmm. there's literally nothing to do there's especially back in the day in the soviet days there's no phones no computer Mm -hmm. you have nothing you just have watching and then you go crazy after a while and be like hey you want to shoot you want to see who shoots those first
0: (laughs) that'd be very like funny but also like well no it's not funny but like kind of funny (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow you're a psychopath
0: i'm such a psychopath um but no we've talked about all the fun stuff you do like let's talk let's talk business because you're working on something really cool what is vanalytics tell us about what you're working on right now
1: i basically on the side i have i created started a company called vanalytics mm-hmm. which is basically helping small businesses unlock the power of their data mm-hmm. and i i've noticed that a lot of you know, analytics companies, they focus a lot on big companies, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. They have the most budget, the bigger money, but the small businesses often get overlooked. If you ever own a small business, you know how hard it is to run something like that. And to, especially if you don't have any business experience and you don't know, for example, you're running a business and you know why Mm -hmm. people, you don't have a lot of retention from your customers. But if you look into your data and and you see, Like a lot of sales in the summer and then it just drops in the winter be like, okay, so I have a a seasonal uh, uh, business and for me to have better success, I should focus all my marketing on the winter months when people don't buy my product as much. It's very important to know what the data says and to collect a lot of data from customers because then you can take that data and propel your business to get more sales and more success because if you don't know what's happening in your business then how are you going to fix the totally.
0: problems and i feel like it's so much more cuz like every like everyone who's ever you know started a business or something you can you can read the analytics that are like part of that platform like i can go read like You can go and read, like, how many YouTube subscribers you have. But so much more than that and why it's good to have a human is it's not just the what of the data. It's the how do we get here and what does this mean? Like, why are we here? That's why people, like, that's why these companies spend so much money on analysts because it's, Mm. you know, anyone can make a a dashboard and say, okay, here's, you know, numbers are down. Why are the numbers down? How did that happen? Mm -hmm. Um, What is this measuring? So I think, like, having someone like you to come in and not just say like, oh, your sales are down, but here's here's why. Here's what it's mm-hmm. in. Okay. Like, let's pivot to this. Here's how we can kind of fix things. And I think that's like, that's something that's just so important on top of that.
1: Yeah. The analysis is definitely part is very important. It's one thing. Okay. You have all this raw data. So what? Mm-hmm. You need somebody to make sense of it, but not only make sense of it, be like, oh, this is what the charts say. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. No, it's showing what, showing what the data shows and mm-hmm. then have in putting your own insight into what the data is showing and what you believe mm-hmm. the data is saying and what your recommendations are and how to improve it in that aspect. Hey, I found this bottle and here's the chart here's how to, here's how to fix it. Mm. Because I looked, I looked into the data, I looked at your business, but I also noticed this other aspect of your business mm-hmm. shows, you know, this kind of progression. So I believe that what's causing this bottleneck is this pro- progression of, mm-hmm. of the other data. So f- say you want to find out what is the retention rate mm-hmm. of your employees? You want to know if, you know, if the retention rate is high or low, you want to know why. Mm-hmm. Like if it you never know, you especially if you're working like a mid-sized company there's probably Mm -hmm. a lot of employees and you don't notice people coming and going but then you Mm -hmm. notice oh all right, I have a higher retention rate why is that let me look further and then try to fix that problem Mm -hmm. that's one of the problems I noticed in uh, Amazon that was actually the very Mm -hmm. first job I got out of college Mm -hmm. they were they were um, marketing the area manager position a lot like Mm. to the point that i weirdly got three messages from three different people for the same position (laughs) so that that, so that was probably should have been my first red flag but you know i took what took what i got and they gave a fair starting salary so i started working Mm -hmm. and then my very first day i remember they were showing us around the factory Mm -hmm. and the guy who's showing me around, he was like, "Oh yeah, we have uh, a a lot a lot of managers coming and going." So I was mm-hmm. like, "Hmm, that's kind of a red flag." Red why, flag. Why would there be like you know revolving door managers, and why would they be advertising so much? Mm-hmm. And then once I started working, I you know I realized you, you're working in this in this factory and. Mm-hmm when you're managing you don't look at people as people you look at them as numbers oh yeah and you're looking at everybody's productivity level and if somebody's is below what is needed mm-hmm. then you have to walk up and be like oh hey is everything going well oh, I see you're having trouble mm-hmm. maybe I can help you out with something help you okay see this is how you put the boxes in okay cool have, have mm-hmm. a great day and mm-hmm. you know, for me it, it felt very fake and it's yeah. like you're not looking at people as people you're looking at them as just numbers and if, if somebody's doing well okay cool th- let them do whatever and they're not doing well no just be like oh i gotta go talk to them. i gotta Mm -hmm. come off as a friend because if you come off as this you know a manager Mm -hmm. they're not gonna be as receptive
0: yeah my first job out of college I, i was a store manager for target like they have one of those like rotational recent college grad programs like to people that are you know working as like cashiers or like on a sales floor like they see you as a person that's like sitting down at a computer and that looks cushy to them so you can't come in there and like be a hypocrite you gotta like come and like get hands on and like help them and it's a very like fine line between like being human but also like you gotta like it's, it's a business you're trying to run a business
1: yeah it's, it's definitely important to do your due diligence mm-hmm. for like especially for the company you work for in the position because mm-hmm. sometimes these kinds of things happen be like oh well they're they're so, they're they're so they want me so so bad they interviewed me and after mm-hmm. the first interview they gave me the job you gotta be like but why yeah because after i started working i, I noticed that for those area management positions they put you in like the factories that have the most problems Mm -hmm. and then you come in and they want you this recent college grad just come you're like here fix it
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so i had to go in there and you know not only run the uh, the shifts but also having to you know help with whatever bottlenecks are happening with the
0: factory. yeah and you're like oh cool a salaried job and it's like <laughs> oh they do that so that you can they can keep you there for 12 hours without like overtime stuff yeah
1: so i'm, I'm not surprised amazon's getting a lot of hate for oh, their true. basically sweatshops what people call it mm-hmm. and before i started working as a manager they want you to work the 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 job that yeah will work with the boxes and just one day of working and then i was like oh my god how do people do this day after day this is <sighs> this is so um, annoying
0: but the one good thing about those jobs like because I, I did like my what was it like probably like a year doing the target store management and then I went to tech like in the sales it's like that keeps you so humble because the people that graduate and go right into like some cushy tech job it's like they just get like so entitled so spoiled so quickly and it's like in your mind it's like I got to earn my job every day and it makes you like keeps you humble when some people kind of get spoiled so I feel like it's like a good first job experience like before going on to something else because you're like you're always like you know, nope. Like this is a, this is a good job. Like you never complain. Like once you find something better.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with the with the concept. People say that everybody should be required mm. to work like a retail or a restaurant job because one thing you learn is a lot of people are entitled. That's one thing I, I notice when I'm working as a bartender. Mm-hmm. If you work the tables thing about tips, you know mm-hmm. it's a very controversial
0: Oh, tipping top, culture is a tipping very culture, yeah. big controversial debate right now, I yeah, feel
1: like. But but for me it's like, yeah, sure. It's maybe it's getting out of pocket and stuff like that. But you know, the coach has already developed. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere mm-hmm. unless there's some radical overturn, which it probably won't happen. So, And if people are relying on these tips, you have to tip accordingly. You got to give an appropriate amount of tips. So for me, obviously, because since I worked in the in industry, I try to give a very generous tip, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like more than, more than 20, sometimes 30.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, giving at least 20 and mm-hmm. being fair. You know, some people say, oh, he, he didn't do he didn't do such a great job i'm gonna give him 10 15 you know it's, it's not just about mm-hmm. oh how am i going to judge this so it's, it's just about if they did their it's job like, well just yeah. give them some just give them a, a fair fair tip because you know they rely on that to make a living and if they don't make enough tips then mm-hmm. you know some people can't feed their kids some people can't pay the rent on time and exactly. it, it, it gets it gets problematic and you can Talk all you want about greedy managers or restaurant mm-hmm. owners, but that's the truth. And then people have to survive somehow. I mean, people people don't go into the restaurant business because they enjoy it or they're like, oh, this is a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. No, they go into the, into the... You know, becoming a server because they need to earn more money, mm-hmm. because maybe their full-time job isn't enough, or mm-hmm. they can't find a full-time job. I mm-hmm. mean, there's this whole- a hard
0: time to find a job right now. Underemployment's yeah. a thing. Like people that with degrees that are like, I'm going back to serving because I can't find a job yeah. in my field.
1: But but the problem with the unemployment rate is it's not looking at all people who are unemployed. It's only looking at people who are actively looking for a job who mm-hmm. are unemployed. But there are many people who just give up and they a file for un- unemployment and there's also the jobs report where they say oh 200,000 jobs have just been created mm-hmm. and you're like oh wow why are you having a hard time to find a job there's so many jobs but when you look into the numbers you realize most of those jobs are mm-hmm. you know either you know in the service industry your retail industry
2: mm-hmm.
1: almost like a very small minority of those jobs are actually jobs you know yeah. that they're high paying like you want a, an office job a tech job mm-hmm. you know I like something of, of that sort that gives you like a livable wage that's the restaurant that I worked at as a bartender I noticed from the very early on that they were having problems mm-hmm. just based on <laughs> again the for that restaurant the management was also re- wrote revolving door just like it was at Amazon mm-hmm. so that was the first ref flag like, where we got a new manager and then weeks later he leaves a new manager comes in weeks later he leaves and I was like all right it's, it's not looking doors, good the yeah doors and the it was getting so bad that I knew yeah. I'm a very perceptive person. I know problems mm-hmm. when I see them, you know, the management and also how the things were, were running. It got so bad that after they went through a couple of managers, one of the, like, the senior people at the company had to come to the bar mm-hmm. and, you know, manage it and get things done because mm-hmm. things was being so bad. So
0: Like Bar Rescue. That's a good show. <laughs> bar res-
1: oh, I was so obsessed with Bar Rescue. I, I love the show. I think that was my very first introduction into uh-huh. the restaurant industry and- uh-huh. Was probably my very first, very first time. I, the interest in bartending was piqued uh-huh. because I I used to look at, you know how the bartenders they. You know, they train them. They're like, oh, this is a two poor count, and this mm-hmm. is the cocktail. This is the ingredient. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. This is very it nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no,
0: for sure. And because I know we, we kind of talked about like different like forms of debt, like how you're like looking at um, you know the assembly line at, at Amazon, all of that, and like the story behind the data. Um, something we've kind of wanted to look at, and I know that you dove into is um, you know we both talk about like you know dating topics, issues, like something I feel like was we see on TikTok a lot is people pointing to studies that are about dating, relationships, society, and culture, gender, all of that. Mm. Um, you know, people are happy, like, are people happier or single? Like how, like, how many people, you know, are marriage rates going down? I know you pulled up some stuff related to data, and I thought we could maybe dive into one of those studies and kind of take a look at, like, what the story is. Like, is it what people think it is? I think there were some popular ones. But mm. something I always notice, because um, my career is in data analytics more on the marketing side itself, is whenever people pull up those studies, they never seem to tell the full story. Bumble will publish a survey, for example, where it's mm-hmm. they have a little pop-up in their app and then they have questions and then they publish it. And the picture they paint of dating, I feel like, doesn't always reflect dating culture. And I think part of that is because if a company surveys people, they're going to th- – for a survey they're going to put out, they're going to make themselves look good. I also think things like self-selection on these types of surveys – Kind of presents kind of a a biased result, I would say. Like, I think, yeah, Bumble put one out where it was like, in the year 2023, like, men will be more committed to recognizing boundaries or think, like, just something where it was like, what kind of phrasing is this? Mm. But if you look at it, it's like, number one, who's going to take Bumble's end of the year survey? (laughs) Nerds take surveys. Like, you couldn't get me to take a survey to save my life. Like, I'm not taking surveys. Um, Mm. And of course, like, you know, if it's a survey they're producing, they have the option to write the questions, for example, in a way that You know, can skew it. Like, so people who choose to take surveys anyway are going to be a certain kind of person. Mm. Um, So you're going to get a certain type of person taking the survey that maybe won't reflect the masses. And then Bumble can Mm. write their questions. They can choose the responses. If it's A, B, C, and D, and they've picked a set list of responses, that can create a biased survey. um, And then, you know, on top of that, like when people do things where they self identify or they volunteer information about themselves, we all look at ourselves as a star of our own movie. We all see ourselves as the underdog. Mm. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people when they say, you, ask, you get asked, like, what are you looking for in a relationship? A lot of us will say, you know, I just want someone kind and thoughtful and all of that. And it would make us sound like really good, wholesome people. And then if you mm-hmm. look at what people do and what they maybe go for, it's like, wait a second. That doesn't line up with what you're doing. So I think, like, when companies like Bumble do that, it's like, yeah, they've kind pr- of produced this data. But wait, how did we get here?
1: Yeah, I think the problem with many of these studies mm-hmm. is you have to really look into the the dynamics of it. Like, mm-hmm. how was it the survey collected? What kind of parameters they had? What they use like for example a lot of studies talk about how oh this thing is killing you like coffee is bad for you if coffee is good for you or mm-hmm. eating too much of this will cause you know baldness but then you look into the study and the study was done on mice the thing with studies with with these i discussed like bumble and stuff like that where they say like for example they say that by the year 2030 like 70 percent of of young people are going to be single but then you're into what they define as single mm-hmm. and it's just legally based, single. single like mm-hmm. one on your tax forms you're either single or you're married mm-hmm. and you're like oh okay so that draws a different picture mm-hmm. when if you just read the headline you're like oh damn so most people are going to be single but mm-hmm. you look into the specifics oh we mean single like tax wise yeah that makes more sense yeah or for example the the bumble survey i mean like you discussed not a lot of people take surveys and the thing about surveys is pe- people only do surveys or they write reviews usually, but either when they're like very happy or they're very angry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when for these surveys, it's most likely done only by people who they love to share their opinion or mm-hmm. they love Bumble very much and they do mm-hmm. the survey. So the pool of people who actually do the survey, that's, mm-hmm. that's why the quality of studies is important so mm-hmm. to, to grasp a whole variety of mm-hmm. opinions, people from different walks of life, demographics, you know, men, women, young, old. But the people who take the survey, they might be all of the same caliber. They might be Mm -hmm. the same kind of people, but they don't represent most people. Mm -hmm. And things like, for example, like when people like to identify with Mm -hmm. being, when women, for example, say, oh, you know, I'm looking for a guy who's kind, who's loving, and then Mm -hmm. in reality, they, you you know, it looks don't matter. But in reality, they only go for guys who are more or less conventionally attractive. Mm-hmm. Or, or when women say, oh, I love a dad bot, but then they go for a guy who's fit. When, when Whenever women say, I love a dad bot, I wouldn't say they are lying, like mm-hmm. many men say.
0: It's just these, like, euphemisms we come up with that sound really cool on TikTok. What do they actually mean? Like, what is a dad bot? Like, does it just mean, yeah, ex- like...
1: Exactly. And yeah. this also comes back to the female male gaze. For the female gaze, for women, what they view as a dad bod mm-hmm. is a man who, you know, who works out, mm-hmm. but he isn't too into fitness. Like, he enjoys mm-hmm. a cookie here and there. Yeah. So, he doesn't have defined abs. But mm-hmm. for a man, when you tell him dad bod, for him, the perception is, you know, uh, a 40-year-old guy who's overweight has a beer belly mm-hmm. and it doesn't work out. So, mm-hmm. that, that, that inconsistency... Inconsistency causes a strife. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's important to consider who it's from which point of view it's looked at. Mm-hmm. And to understand that, oh, okay, so when a woman says she has a dad bod, she doesn't mean this perception that I think of. She thinks of this perception. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to know that when men and women are different and the way they, they look at things is also mm-hmm. very indifferent. That's why there's constantly this war between men and women fighting each other mm-hmm. because it's misunderstanding. Misunderstanding causes conflict.
0: Oh, totally. And I think, too, like especially if these – like if you're going to make a survey and present it very technically, don't use euphemisms where the it's um, – you know, the interpretation of what you mean is kind of up in the air. Like dad bod. What is dad bod? So it's like if you're doing surveys, you kind of have to go like very technical. Like if you're asking people for like free responses, like – you have to come up with like a good way of like shorthanding these in a way that makes mm-hmm. sense to people. Like if you look at who sponsors a certain survey, it's like, mm-hmm. hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they've got an agenda in mind. It's also, it's not even just the factors they choose. It's like the conclusions they draw. I think there's like, it's like, you know, two glass, two a glass of red wine a day is, you know, makes you live a longer, healthier, happier life. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, it's it's the red wine. It's like, no, wait a second. To a to be drinking red wine, you probably have more money in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, maybe these people are living longer lives. But if you can afford red wine that you're having, you know, a glass of on a nightly basis, maybe you have more money to make other healthy choices or things like, you know, women who do equestrian sports are like predisposed or like are going to live 20 years longer than women who don't. What does it take to do equestrian sports? Mm -hmm. A lot of money. So they've got money to spend in other places as well. So it's like, it's Mm kind of interesting how those like conclusions can be drawn and you have to go, wait a second.
1: Right. And it's also the phrase of the question. I think Mm -hmm. if you phrase the question, say, are you... for or against abortion is very different than saying are you for or against killing unborn babies Mm. like it might might mean the same thing but Mm. the phrasing of it makes it seem very different and people are more likely Mm. to react like oh no I I don't want to kill they don't want to seem like the bad person like oh I don't want to kill babies
0: Oh, yeah. Or even just like little things like, do you believe it should be legal versus are you for or against abortion? Most people aren't for abortion. It's like, what were the questions asked? What were the sample sizes? Like, I think focus groups, like if you put everyone in a room together where you can hear other people's answers, people are going to change their answer when they have an audience. Like mm-hmm. people are going to choose things that maybe make them sound better. Like everyone thinks they're a good person. Do, do we all act like good people? I don't know. But we all usually rationalize whatever it is we do in the first place. Yeah. So think things that measure age I think have been really deceiving um, Mm -hmm. as well because a lot of times these studies will be, you know, people ages 18 to 40 and they'll look at people 18 to 40 50 years ago and then people 18 to 40 today or 18 to 30. I think 18 to 30 is a very interesting demo to survey, like – Yeah, a lot of people 18 to 30 aren't going to be married now, but a lot of people get married in their 30s, for example. Does Mm -hmm. that mean Mm -hmm. if you're single at 22 that you'll be single in your 30s? You know, probably not. I think those kinds of studies can be interesting as well. You're measuring the same age bracket years later and then Mm -hmm. making a conclusion that people will be single forever as a result of it.
1: Right, right. And it goes back to that headline Mm -hmm. of they got reference to this Pew Research about how over 60% of men are single Mm -hmm. and then... You, you look, you look into the data and it's like, oh yeah, so from 18 to 30,
2: mm-hmm.
1: over 60% of men are single. But then again, if you really think about it, maybe a guy just wants to wait. Like he wants to travel and to, to have a relationship and travel is going to be very difficult. Or exactly. he wants to wait until he, like say he's a traditional man. He wants to wait until he is at that point in his career where he could support mm-hmm. having, you know, uh, a woman who is like a housewife taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same thing with with women. You know, back in the day, they had to get married because that was the only way they could be supportive for financially because back in the day, women didn't have the opportunity to, you know, get an education, get a job, you know, support themselves. So they were reliant upon marriages mm-hmm. on men who have, you know, status and wealth so they could survive because otherwise they could would not be able to live. But today, you know, women have the opportunity to you know to work to study so now they're waiting much later in life mm-hmm. where they get to experience life before they start thinking about getting settled down getting married and that's one thing i, I don't really support about the uh the, the red pill is mm-hmm. they get they get a bad rap because they they talk about all these you know outdated terminologies mm-hmm. about women and saying oh a woman once she reaches her 30s she's she's outdated she's you know I'm
0: dying over here. Yeah, me, thirty-year-old just rotten away. Just expired. I I wore black for my own funeral.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, once a woman reaches over thirty, she's expired. Good, she's not. No longer, no guy wants her. Men want younger women. Men in their thirties, they want women in their twenties. But it's like, where's the proof of that? Where's Where's the studies done? Many men they get married closer to their age range so if a man Two is 35 years, is the 33 age. years yep. yeah so a man could be 35 years old and he would marry a woman who, who's 32 years old yeah so it's, it's also the thing about the loud minority mm-hmm. is, is people like to take a few few bad apples and say oh these people there represent the whole the whole people the whole mm-hmm. gender when in reality if you look into it most men are not not like that Mm
0: -hmm. i think most men are good people it's just the the crazies online are just the Mm -hmm. i don't even know wow like i feel like this conversation just flew by (laughs) where where can people follow you and um where can people learn more about analytics? where can we like get some you know if if someone has a small business they want their data analyzed where can they go i want people to find you
1: so my my handles on all the social medias is the primetime valentine so instagram youtube tiktok if you want to follow me, give me a follow. I'll try different things. I'm starting to lean more into the travel and vlogging, showing my life and where I travel, what I do. But for the business, if you are a small business and you would like some help, then you can go to vanalytics.tech and then type in the password vanalytics and, you know, you can go from there. So give me a follow and.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, p- I'll put all your stuff in there. Everyone follow. go. Get your business data analyzed by this cool guy right here. Woo! Let's go, team. All right, let's go get some lunch. All right, (laughs) over and out, everyone. Peace.